Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ray and Tay today. Uh, yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends. And you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college shooters do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a Friday, baby, a baseball football Friday. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us your emails, today at gmail.com. A lot of people hyped up about that Royals-Astros series on the email, Ray. That's a good one. Um, at the same time, tweet at us, Facebook us, YouTube us, Instagram us. It's all at today. We're everywhere. The website is very interactive. Great interviews, rayandtaytoday.com. Check out the Ray and Tate Today new logo. New logo. We got a shout out to Dustin Kapak. Dustin is the man, Ray. If anybody needs stuff, they got to go to at uh, West Water on Twitter, right? West Water, and he does the West graphics. Water one, he does the West web. Water. He's yeah, he, he's not. Nah, he's a guy. So we'll get into uh, a little bit of everything: the baseball playoffs, the NFL segment, college football picks. Uh, you know, our new segment, Fast and, and Focus. We start with Thursday Night Ray. They weren't too fast and focused, neither team, but the Colts, 27-20. couple questions for you. First, a statement, Matthew Hasselbeck, I mean, just an incredible 40-year-old veteran getting it done. But were you happy for Andre Johnson coming back home, getting the win and playing well? And are you disappointed in Bill O'Brien with the flipping back and forth of the quarterbacks? What do you think he should do? Well, I was well, happy for the old people. people. So I put the old people <laughs> as Matthew Hasselbeck and, and Andre Johnson and Frank Gore. So we've got the whole old geriatric crew over there in Indianapolis waiting for Andrew Luck to get healthy and come back. But I think this is a good thing for them. They face adversity. They win. Andrew Luck is going to have to get the ball out of his hands faster, and that's exactly what Matthew Hasselbeck does. So, <coughs> excuse me, all in all, great win for Indianapolis. As for Houston, <coughs> you got to be worried. you got to be worried about Bill O'Brien. You know, when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And even though he mishandled that situation – I'm not sure that if he stuck with Hoyer, who we both like better, that the team would be much better off. Now, the good thing is they get Aaron Foster back, and he he got winded after every second play. I don't know if you saw him coming in and out, and I was yeah. watching because I have him on fantasy. So I was like, get back in the game, Aaron. Um, <laughs> but they, they but have he's issues. fragile too, Ray. That shot he, he is. Took. He is. 
And, uh. and the problem is they're going to need him so much that he'll probably get hurt. We don't want to see it happen. But, you know, the more you work a running back, the more likely it is. But Houston's in trouble. They need a quarterback. They need to revamp this whole thing. Even Brian Hoyer is not really the answer. But you're right, Bill O'Brien may not even survive to see that new quarterback and that new regime. So, all in all, you're disappointed if you're a Houston fan. And, and all this talk about that Houston D in the front four and J.J. Watt's the best player. You know, Hank, one of our longtime callers, texted me right before the game, and he said, you know, they make this guy out to be uh, the next Reggie White, but he doesn't really impact the game as much as you would think an elite, elite football player does. I mean, even when Lawrence Taylor's teams, even when Lawrence Taylor's teams weren't doing very well in the early '80s when he first came on board, you know, by the mid '80s the Giants were really good, winning that Super Bowl in '86 and then in '90. But Lawrence Taylor was causing havoc, and you were. You know, I'm not saying J.J. Watts, Lawrence Taylor, but my point is that impact defensive players impact the game all the time, and their defenses are pretty good. And J.J. Watt, you know, he's a very good player, but he's not that, you know, transcendent defensive player that people would make him out to be. He's close, and I think Clowney's starting to look special, too. There were some plays in that game where I was like, wow. They're going to have a one-two punch, but the secondary is not good. You only have Cushing and the linebackers that I really like. And you're right in the sense that J.J. Watt, he affects the game. Like he, you know, but when you double-team him, it, it seemed as if they could still sort of stop them. You can run all over the Texans. You can run at Watt. And it didn't look pretty because it was, you know, not to knock Matthew Hasselbeck, but not only is he 40, but he was in the hospital up until like Wednesday or late Tuesday, missed practice. What were and those he, IVs, man? I need some yeah. of those. I mean, <laughs> Ray, it, it, it's a mess. But I'll tell you, you know what? What is it? The 16th straight, straight victory for the Colts in the conference, in the, in the division. division. Yeah. So that, that right there sums it all up. And props to Hasselbeck because they could have lost the last two games. And he made sure they didn't. And then no point last night you felt like Hoyer or Mallett or the Texans were going to win the game. You never felt it. Now, props to DeAndre Hopkins, 11 for 169. Goodness gracious. And props to Jalen Strong, yo, Sun Devils, for two touchdowns. But that was it, right? He only had the two catches. And, you know, like you said, Andre Johnson, he was a manimal coming home, which you got to expect, He, you know, the last two weeks. He had no catches, and then he comes back and kills everybody because a lot of fantasy people did not play him. But to me, if he's going back home to Houston, you got to know all players have big games against their former team. So you got to play him. You know that's fantasy one hundred and one, right, Rex? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you know that Matthew Hasselbeck is going to throw the ball and he's going to spread it around. Uh, you didn't know how well he'd do, but you knew that that the team would respect his history in Houston enough to get him the ball. I mean, he was going to get targeted. Yeah, no, definitely. He was going to get targeted. So, you know, look, it's all good, and it's a good way to start the week. I mentioned to you off air, and I'm going to say it on air, I don't know if I love having these be division games because the home team usually has such a big advantage with the division. But Thursday games, guys are not at their best. 
and I don't think it should be wasted on a division game because those are so important. So I think the NFL, I know for TV ratings, they want it to count more and be more valuable to the fan, but it's also not fair to the teams and the franchises. Now, some of the teams on the road as of late have been winning, but overall in the last year and I guess a half of them doing the you know full season of Thursday nights, it's been mainly the home team. You know, this year the Broncos and the Colts have bucked that. But And I just want to say this, NFL Network is dope. So every Friday they have a football life. In the first couple of weeks it was a team from a person that they focused on from the Thursday night game. So it was Christian Okoye, then Dexter Manley, then last week Jerome Bettis. Well, this week they're going away from it, but they're going with Terrell Owens, the future Hall of Famer. So it's just something to watch and should be interesting. Uh, obviously, he was never a Colt or a Texan. Could have been, but wasn't. But um, something for football fans to definitely check out Friday nights on the NFL Network. We'll get back to football, Ray. But I smell the winter sports coming around the corner. Hockey started. NBA's coming. So our NBA fans, hold on. We'll give you a pre- preview before the 27th or on the 27th. We'll see. But it's time for Ray and Tay. You know, we do hockey. We're big on hockey in the playoffs. And we chime in on hockey during the season. But we definitely like to give our predictions. So, Ray, I'm going to let you start off. We're going to break down the uh, Eastern and Western Conference Finals. I don't know if you like these division names, the Atlantic and the the Metropolitan or the Metro. And then the Central and Pacific. (laughs) Metro, baby. So, you know, four divisions. The, with, Mets, the Mets are technically the Metropolitans, right? Ah, so yes, we got they the are. Metros, so, yeah. Yeah, the Mets are coming on. We'll, we'll, give, we'll update you on the baseball in a minute after our, our hockey and our segment. So let, let's, let's, let's break it down with our picks. Who you got in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals for the hockey? All right, so in the Atlantic Division, I love the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, I think Stevie Iserman's got to get a lot of credit for building that team. You know, we saw in the playoffs the little guy, Tyler Johnson, and then a Steve Stamkos can be healthy. The big question there, there is the goalie, right? Is he good enough? The big fella, six seven, Ben Bishop, is he good enough to carry that team? Not sure. The big ostrich? <laughs> In the Metro Division, I like the Washington Capitals. Uh, you know, they've been knocking on the door for many years. Uh, your boy Alex Ovechkin still scored 53 goals, still is elite, and he is one of these guys that eventually is going to break down, you know, break the door down. You know, we talked about it in other sports like Barry Bonds, and and uh, we'll see tonight Kershaw and David Price and Greg Maddox and He's and long overdue, Ray. If he doesn't do it this players. year, I don't know what's going to happen. He's long overdue. And he's had the teams the last two, three years. They had a lot of turnover this year, but I, I still like wrong him. Wrong. I think it's, you know, it's coming. So I like in the Metro, the Caps. So over, over in the Western Conference, in the Central Division, I actually am not singing the blues for St. Louis because I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to win 104, 105 points. I think they're going to have an excellent season. They're going to represent. The Blues also have been knocking on the door. And the team that I think that ultimately is going to look super special this year is the Anaheim Ducks. You know, they were in the finals last year. They lost a heartbreaker 
to them, to the Chicago Blackhawks. I like the Blackhawks this year, but I think with all of, all the stuff that's going on off the off the ice, I don't know mm-hmm. that they'll be able to repeat. I think that the class of that Western Conference is going to be the Ducks. So I got the Lightning and the Caps. I think the Caps beat the Lightning, believe it or not. Woo. Alex Ovechkin gets to a final. And in oh. the Western Conference, I like the Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks beating the St. Louis Blues in a pretty easy series, 4-1. And in the finals, like Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, and all the rest of the guys that have are great players but come a little bit short, Barry Bonds, I think Alex Ovechkin falls a little bit short. And I think the Anaheim Ducks beat... <sighs> the Washington Capitals 4-2 and avenge their loss last year to Chicago and take it out on Washington. So great season for Washington to get there, and Anaheim seals the deal. So I like the Anaheim Ducks winning themselves the Stanley Cup. You're all quacked out. Quack, quack, baby. In the Eastern Conference, man, I'm telling you, we're very similar. And I am afraid of the Penguins and the Capitals. But honestly, in the Atlantic, I like the Lightning. And to me, I think the goalie's ready. I think Stamkos will get back. I think Tyler Johnson is clutch. They've got a lot of depth. I think they can score. And what we found out in the playoffs is that they're no joke on the road. And to me, those big wins in New York with, against the Rangers were huge. I think the Rangers are going to be tough again, but in the Atlantic, Ray, I'm going with probably the top four or five best players in hockey. You know, I mean, we kind of know who they are. Your boy, Alex, you mentioned, uh, you know, Mr. Cosby. But my man is right there, John Tavares, and I think he is going to lead the Brooklyn Islanders, who lost to the Rangers last year to playoffs. I think they are ready to turn the corner in Brooklyn. Uh, Islanders are ready? The, the crowd is going to – I like what they did in the offseason. I like their team. Now, look, you're going to have to go through a lot, but I think it's going to be the Islanders and Lightning. Uh, they might not win the division. It might be the Cats. And, and you know, you got Pittsburgh. But I think when it comes down to the playoffs, you're going to see in the Eastern Conference Finals, Lightning, Islanders in the West. Ray, all day, every day, I really, really like the Blackhawks, and I like the Blues a lot. But to me, I think, and I like your Ducks, but I think to me, when it comes down to it, I got to go Blackhawks, and I got to go L.A. Kings. The Blackhawks and Kings are trading every other year, and it's sort of like the Giants and Cardinals in baseball. It's time for the L.A. Kings to come back and do their thing. Like you, I think the Blackhawks and Patrick Kane and the boys, they've got a lot of issues. Don't know if Kane will miss some time eventually. We'll see how that plays out. But I think my man Quick, Mr. Quick in the goal for the, for the Kings. Jake, Jonathan Quick is a beast. It's too – and he gets hot, and we all know in the hockey playoffs – it's your goalie, it's your goalie, it's your goalie, which is why you can never count out the Rangers with Lundqvist, you know. But so I'll say this. I've got the Lightning 
over my Islanders, our Islanders, 4-2. Think the Lightning will take care of them. But then I've got Quick handling the Blackhawks. And I think before that, the Blackhawks are going to survive 4-3 over your Ducks. But I think the Kings take care of the Blackhawks in 7-4-3. And the Stanley Cup final is the Los Angeles Kings against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Lightning get it done. They light it up, baby. This is their year. I think last year they got that taste. People were like they were too young. And I think this time they'll be ready. And they're going to turn it over and win 4-3. Lightning over the L.A. Kings and quick. Wow. All right. Well, look, we both like the Lightning. We both like – I mean, I think L.A. is really good. So, I, you know, I yeah. think they'll go far in the playoffs. So, like basketball, we love the start of the season. It takes a backseat to baseball and then to football. But, you know, come the winter, we're going to be talking a lot of hockey and a lot of basketball. So, stay tuned, folks. we got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Before we get to the baseball, we got to hit up our our, our new segment. Uh, People loved it last week. It's Fast and Focus, four flaming hot questions. Sometimes we get a little controversial with it, but, you know, it's quick questions, quick answers. Ray and Tay are hitting you. Ray, you go first with the first question. What do you got for me? All right. Now, I know this is close to your heart because the Knicks – Coach, the Lakers player, ex-teammate. So should Matt Barnes or Derek Fisher be fined or suspended for this uh, wife-gate situation in L.A.? (laughs) Well, I heard it's still continuing, right? So Matt Barnes, not only did he confront Fisher, but supposedly he spit in his ex-wife's face and went to her house. Ray, um... With domestic violence and and, and, uh, uh, the correct sensitivity towards respect of women, which all men and athletes should have, and all professional leagues and all jobs should enforce for their, you know, code for their their employees to have, uh, that's craziness. I don't think it's Fisher. I think it's Matt Barnes, who, guess what? He didn't retire. He's in Memphis, folks. Uh, you know, bounced around, got traded, then released, and then picked up. And he's going to be a big part of backing up Jeff Green and defensive rotation for the Grizzlies, sixth or seventh man. And I think he might get hit with three to five games. I think that's appropriate. You can't threaten a coach and then threaten or spit in your ex-wife's face. Are you crazy? I, I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. So my answer is yes, and it's Barnes, three to five games. Okay. All so. right. What do you got for me? All right. Is I, I I can't even believe this. Is has is ESPN wrong for their consensus? I guess all you know, all their people except for Stephen A. <laughs> um, the basketball reporters, they have ranked Kobe Bean Bryant the ninety-third best player going into the fifteen sixteen season. Are they wrong? That's crazy to me, but I think it's ludicrous because <laughs> even without seeing Kobe, let me just throw some numbers out there real quick. There's 90, there's th- 30 teams in the NBA. So that means you're telling me that on average, Kobe is the fourth best player on every team in the NBA. 
It's insane. That means 30 times 3 is 90. That means there's 92 players better than Kobe Bryant. That's ridiculous. You Kobe can't even Bryant give 10 shooting guards better. Maybe just 4 or 5. Yeah, so it's ridiculous. I mean, I think statistically Kobe's numbers maybe don't look so great, but he's playing, played on terrible teams the last two, three years. So absolutely ridiculous. Don't agree with that one bit. Plus he hasn't, you know, been that healthy. Well, but that's part of the equation. I mean, you're, you're, you know, that that's life. You know, if he's not healthy, he's not healthy. But that that's he's going to start the season as healthy as he is. But it's only going to get worse. You know, as eighty two yeah. games take its toll on your body. But no, he he's much better than the ninety third best player. Yeah, I would say thirty to fifty is fair. Thirty to fifty, somewhere in there. So okay, go ahead, hit me up. All right. So your guy. Now I know you like Cody Kessler, but I got to ask you about Jared. Goff, coming out of the spread offense at Cal, is he a legit NFL prospect at quarterback? I have to say definitely. He'll prove it this weekend against Utah and every week in the Pac-12. He's already had some huge games against Texas, a couple other teams. Cal's ranked now. We'll see what they do this week. But when you just watch him, he's got the size. He was legit last year. Arm strength is good. And even though it's spread, I think he's got a little Mariota. He's got savvy. He's got some presence. And he's not surrounded around the best UCLA, USC, or, you know, Alabama, you know, the best talent at Cal, decent players. But I think for what he's got, he's showing you that he – I think he's number one. I think he's ahead of Cook and – Cardell Jones and anybody else you want to throw in there. I don't think there's really, you know, I don't believe in a Penn State kid at all, uh, Hackenberg. So to me, it's Goff and then Cook. I think Goff has a chance to be a top three pick, if not number one, if he keeps going. So that's that's how I see it. All right, we'll keep it moving. Ray, I got to ask you, who turns it around finally and delivers going into the playoffs this year? Now, look, Price started off rough already. Kershaw's tonight. But which one of these guys finally ends it the right way and has a winning or a good playoff outing? So, look, David Price may not pitch again, uh, <clears throat> depending on the outcome of this series, right? Because he's down against the nothing. Wall. So, yeah, but, but I really feel for the guy because he's a really, really good pitcher, one of the elite pitchers in the game. He just, for some reason, Greg Maddox style, can't get it together. Even worse than Greg Maddox, right? He's 0-6 or 0-5. I think um, he's trying too hard. I, I think he's trying too hard, and I think Clayton Kershaw is too. So I actually don't like Clayton Kershaw in this series, but if they win this series, I think eventually if Clayton Kershaw gets three or four starts this postseason – that he will turn it around. I'm not sure he's going to pitch great tonight. He'll pitch okay, but he won't be the dominant Clayton Kershaw. But I think in starts three and four, if they beat the Mets, if they get to the NLCS, then you'll see the Clayton Kershaw that got a $30 million contract and is by far, the he and Madison Bumgarner are probably by far the best two pitchers in baseball now that Adam Wainwright's, you know, not himself. All right. That's, that's fair. Let's – Perfect segue from baseball to baseball. Let's catch everybody up. I mean, we could work backwards, but I think let's just, you know, sum it up. Congrats to the Cubs and Astros, the 50s, the Road Warriors. 
for taking care of business and knocking out the Yankees and Pirates. And then the next two games, the Road Warriors won again. So update us on the Rangers and Blue Jays. What happened today and, and what's going on in that series? So in that first game, Rangers needed 14 innings, but they beat the Blue Jays 6-4, scored two in the 14th to go ahead, and you know what? The Blue Jays are in trouble. Rangers up 2-0, going home, and you know the Blue Jays are a little banged up. Beltre was banged up, but uh, Bautista Donaldson – you know, this this was the fear that I had, which was that, but I thought they were special and they would overcome it, that, you know, a big home run hitting team can't generate that offense. Now, they did score four runs, which is not bad. Uh, they just couldn't hold the Rangers down. So, Rangers up 2 nothing in the one series. In the second series, it was almost 2 nothing as well. Kansas City was up four, and then the Royals came back and scored three unanswered and win 5-4, and that series is 1-1 going to Texas. So both Texas teams actually look pretty good, down, you know, up to old for Houston, uh, for um, for Texas, basically Dallas, Arlington area, and 1-1 in Houston. But, so, Ray, they had to have that, the, the Royals, because let's tell them game to. three is Dallas Keuchel, who has not lost at home this year. Had to have that game, and now in the bottom, sorry, in the top of the sixth, we got the Cardinals up one nothing in a pitcher's duel against the Cubs. Uh, we got the Mets and the Dodgers right, and going that's tonight. Lester, that's Lester again. Lester. Yeah, that's Lester and Lackey. So the, the yeah. L and L. Yeah. So you know the thing is, Lester has always had the talent. And he's been somewhat inconsistent, so sometimes he's great, sometimes he's not. And Lackey is one of those guys that's just always there, you know, ever since his days with the Angels and then even with the Red Sox and now with the Cardinals. John Lackey is one of those big-game pitchers. He always seems to show up. He's like the opposite of Kershaw and Price. Those guys are brilliant in the regular season and a little shaky in the postseason. Lackey can have an up-and-down postseason, but he seems to always be right there in the playoffs. He's a bulldog, and I think that's what you count on with Lackey. And the best thing, he saves your bullpen. Lackey's going to give you innings, as you're seeing tonight. Yeah, and then then later on tonight, we got – Oh, the first game. Oh, yeah, Kershaw and DeGrom, 945 Eastern. We got the Mets at the Dodgers, the former New York baseball team hosting the current baseball team, the Metropolitans, like in hockey, the Metros. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that should be a great series. I I hope that goes five. I'd love to see that go – I'd love to see all the pitchers in that series. Yeah, I I got to tell you, it could be a classic. You want to see it go five. Matt Harvey back at um, City Field will be pitching game three. So next uh, next game is Granky Syndergaard. I mean, each matchup just gets better and better with all this uh, talent. That's what's, you know, really so amazing about it, Ray. You know, these guys, there's, there's not a bad guy pitching. You know, even Anderson for the Dodgers will probably pitch game three. You know, he's still a, a solid uh, pitcher as well. So He just happens to go up against Matt Harvey. Uh, 
That's rough. That's a tough matchup, yeah. That's a tough matchup. So if you're a Blue Jay fan, how do you turn this around? Because Texas right now has got your number. How do they save you know, their I think season? You say, I think you say to yourself, you know what? When you start going into the third and fourth pitches in the rotation, we'll be all right. Texas is a hitter's park. We're a hitter. We're a hitting team. We just need to relax. We had four guys hit 30 home runs. We don't even need home runs. We just need to hit the ball hard. It's a big ballpark. We can get uh, – uh, I mean, it's a hitter's ballpark, I should say, and we can get it done. We can get the bats back on track. So, to me – if anybody can do it, it's Toronto. They've got veterans. You know, Batista, even though it's his first playoffs, he's been around for a while. Tulowitzki's been to a World Series. Uh, you know, these guys have been around the block. Encarnacion's been around the block. So Price has got playoff experience. We got the umps to, to call some better strikes, though, Ray. I mean, that Astros. Well, yeah, I, I don't want to think that the umps cost them because then I'd be really depressed because, you know, you want it to be done on the field. Yeah. Uh, you just want the strike zone to be consistent, though. That's the only thing. Well, yeah, Especially the Astros-Yankee game. You know, look, Keiko was getting the high strikes, and the Yankee and Tanaka wasn't. So, big difference. So, we'll see. But you know what time it is. You're now listening to the NFL Talk. Ray, 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 games to pick. Ray, why don't you tell everybody for fantasy and just in general, the team's on bye this week? Because I know our Jets are on bye. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you something. These buys are confusing, man. <laughs> sometimes you have two, two teams on bye. Sometimes you have multiple teams on bye. This week, we've got the Miami Dolphins, the Minnesota Vikings, the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers on by. So for me, that means I got Decker, I've got um, Cam Newton, I've got Adrian Peterson, and A whole lot that's of it for me. Yeah. Well, let's jump Kyle into Rudolph. it. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph, definitely. Let's jump into it. It just came out, so it's not, you know, breaking news. But, look, Seattle, no Marshawn Lynch. Fred Jackson's banged up. It's Thomas Rawls, no relation not to Lou Rawls. Not Lou Rawls. <laughs> but Thomas Rawls starting for the Seahawks at 4-0 Cincinnati, 2-2 two two Seattle. Break it down. This might be the game of the weekend. What do you think? It might be, and Andy Dalton is playing like Andy Dalton does, which is great regular season football. He's got all the weapons. You know, I want to play quarterback one day and have A.J. Green, uh, Tyler Eifert, uh, Mohamed Sanu, and Marvin Jones, Giovanni Bernard, and Jeremy Hill as my, you know, six skill position players. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And he's doing it. And I think that this team is really good, and they'll win that division. I predicted they win that division. However, Pete Carroll is not going to let his team drop to 0-3. In some ways, losing Marshawn Lynch might be a blessing because I think that they're going to have to get more dynamic play from Jimmy Graham, from Curse, from Baldwin, from 
Russell Wilson. So, yeah, lock it. They're they're going to need some more explosive plays. They're going to have to stretch the field, and not having Marshawn Lynch as a crutch is going, no pun intended, is going to help them in the long run. And I think they even overcome this Cincinnati team this week. So I like Seattle to even put up some points. They've been struggling on offense, and you know Daryl Bevel was the boy genius for a while, and now he's his star has faded a little bit. The offense is but very vanilla, very yeah. unimpressive. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you got your $20 million quarterback. you got your second-best tight end in the game. You've got uh, experienced wide receivers. You need to do bigger things than what they're doing on offense. But I do think they win this game in a close one, though. I think they win 26-23. Who's your fantasy stud? My fantasy stud is Jimmy Graham. I think they go to him. I think he scores two touchdowns. So six for ninety and two touchdowns. Uh, Yeah, I'm gonna have to kind of agree with you. I I think it's time to pass, and I would say Graham, but I'm gonna say it's Russell Wilson. And I think their defense is ready to travel. And this is when Seattle starts to get into a groove. They needed that tough win at home against Detroit, and I think now they're ready to sort of spread their wings and. They like traveling on the road. And as good as Cincinnati is, they kind of have trouble in the bigger games, whether it's prime time or not. And this is a bigger game. So I think Seattle actually wins this one, I'll say 24-23 in a close battle. But I think it's Russell Wilson who drives him down for the winning field goal. He runs for about 55 yards, maybe runs for a touchdown, throws for a touchdown to Graham. And I think he throws for about 240. And I think Russell Wilson puts up uh, oodles and oodles of points. And he's my favorite uh, Seahawks over the Bengals before 23. Now, I can't believe we're going to say this. The undefeated Falcons are hosting the Redskins. Are they for real? And is your play cousin for real? What do you got in this game? So I don't think Atlanta's for real, actually. I think that they are – a decent team that got a couple of breaks, had an easy schedule. They're not a 4-0 team. Julio Jones may just be the best wide receiver in the game. Matty Ice and Julio Jones have a nice little connection. They found a little stud in Devontae Freeman. I think their defense is playing inspired. Uh, those old defensive coordinators for the Seattle Seahawks, man, they come around and uh, <laughs> put some spunk into the league. But you know what? I think I smell an upset. I think the Redskins go down there on turf. They find a way to get back to what they did the first two games of the year where they led the league in rushing. And they alternate between your boy Alfred Morris, uh, Jones, Thompson, and they get your boy. They feed your boy Pierre Garçon. I think he's my fantasy stud on a PPR league. He gets 11, 12 receptions. Jordan Reed is out, so that's, that's a little bothersome, but I think that they, they, they have enough to spread it out. I think the running game, they pound. Cousins, you know, does enough. They hold Atlanta, a high-scoring Atlanta team. I think they hold them to 24, and they win 28-24 in the Georgia Dome. Wow. Uh, nah, I got to stick with those Falcons, baby. I think the, the, the bird 
The bird keeps flying. I, I like the Redskins. I don't trust Cousins, and I like the way Dan Quinn's got the defense flying around. I think they get a couple of key turnovers. I do think they can run the ball and try to keep Matty Ice off the field, but the problem is when he's on the field, they're getting some dynamic play. I think uh, Hankerson steps up possibly to have a big game, but I think at the end of the day, it's Matty Ice who's my stud. Uh, three touchdowns. I think they wind up winning 27 21 over the skins. I do like Morris, but they don't have Deshaun Jackson or I didn't know Jordan Reed was out. So no Jackson and no Reed, they're not going to have enough. And so 27-21, Matty Ice, three touchdowns, probably 300 yards. He's a fantasy stud for the, for uh, Tay. The Saints and Drew Brees at the Eagles, Sam Bradford. Both teams need this. I would say the loser is probably done but they both have really weird and weak divisions. So even the loser still going to be alive, but this is a really a must win for both teams. So probably, probably be very entertaining. What do you got? I'm worried about Drew Brees. I don't think his shoulder is right. I think he's doing enough with smoke and mirrors to get that, you know, get the ball out quickly, but I think he is hurting. And Brandon Cook's my fantasy stud preseason. Very disappointing. Uh, Mark Ingram has been inconsistent. So the New Orleans team, all in all, is reliant on the defense. They need a turnover or two or else they, they, they get blown out. I actually think, and I'm waiting for this to happen, but I actually think that this week might be a week where – they run their 60-70 plays, Philadelphia does. They get DeMarco Murray the ball. They get Darren Sproles the ball in in in, uh, in the open field. Jordan Matthews, Ertz, and maybe even Nelson Aguilar? No. <laughs> maybe? Not him. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar. But I can't, I, can't, I can't get on him too badly. Like, it's hard to be, a, to be a material contributor as a rookie. But anyway... Philadelphia, I think they put it together. I think New Orleans is in trouble. I think they might even, you know, shut Breeze down at some point. I think his, his arm is that bad. But and then they come I back like for the Philly. Thursday night game, right, hosting the Falcons. So it could really be bad. Yeah, and that's that's key too because if, if the Falcons lose and they win and then they beat the Falcons, they're right back in it. The Falcons would be, what, 4-2 and two, and they'd be 3-2. Uh, uh, they'd be three and, three and two. So, um, or three and three, sorry. So, big, big game for both teams. I just think this game is at home. I think Philly has too much firepower. I think Drew Brees is hurting, and I don't know that Mark Ingram can carry that team the way they need to. So, I think Philly wins 31-23, relatively high scoring. And who's your stud? Fantasy stud. I'm going to go out on a limb and say DeMarco Murray. I knew you were doing it. Score a couple times. He may not run for 120, but they'll give him the ball in goal line situations. Yeah. Well, look, in this ugly battle of one and three teams, I got to go Philly at home all day. I agree with you with Breeze's shoulder, but I'm worried about Cooks. You know, people are relying on Willie Snead. You know, I don't know even know if that's somebody's play cousin, but he's out there playing and getting balls. They miss Jimmy Graham, even though the Seahawks aren't using him. It's sort of like the Eagles not using DeMarco Murray. The Cowboys miss him. 
So this is the uh, miss you bowl. We're missing people or you know, people are missing people. But I think Bradford gets it going. I, I do agree with the offense. I think this one, the secondary, this could be points all over. And I just think Philly will be a little bit more efficient. I don't like what Rob Ryan is doing with the D, and I think we do see Sproles break one. Murray, eh, not a huge game, but maybe a touchdown, 70 yards. But I think Bradford to Matthews is going to eat it up, which will make Tay a very happy man. But I think Matthews puts up a 105, seven catches and a touchdown. He's my fantasy stud. And I think the Eagles win 30 to 24. They beat the Saints. So, Ray, this is, the, this is a fascinating game because we got the two and two Rams at the four and O Packers. And these Rams, the two that they've won, it's been really tough division games. What do you got for me? Todd Gurley, baby. I love this guy. I think he's awesome. Green Bay can't stop the run, by the way. So this is actually a good matchup for him and a good matchup for Fisher. And if they can take the ball out of the air, they can make this a really close game. And I think that for a half they might. But where is this game being played? Just Lambo Field. Lambo Field, where your boy Aaron Rodgers has not thrown an interception in three years. So you have to limit Aaron Rodgers' possession and turn him over once or twice and hold them to field goals to win. And unfortunately, I don't think this Rams team is going to do any of that. So while I like Todd Gurley and I would love him against Green Bay, I think they're going to be playing from behind, and so Todd Gurley won't get his 20, 25 carries just because the scoreboard is going to dictate they need to score a little bit. And Tavon Austin, you know, had a few good games, but that's not happening in Lambeau Field. So I like the Packers in this game. I think the Packers throw up their requisite 30, and the St. Louis Rams behind Nick Foles has a you know decent game throw up twenty, so I, I like the uh, Packers pretty big here by ten at home, and my fantasy stud is, is none other than a Rod, a Raj number twelve Olivia Munn's boy whoever you want to call him MVP, that's my boy he's going to throw for three thirty and four touchdowns. Ouch! I'll tell you this. Gurley will get you some points. I think even if he only catches two or three balls, I think he'll get in the high 90s and a a touchdown. At the end of the day, my studs are going to be Randall Cobb because Janoris Jenkins and no one else on that team will be able to cover him. And, yeah, I think they'll keep it close for a little bit, and I think they'll get to Rodgers. You know, Quinn, Aaron Donald, the sophomore sensation, is a beast on that defensive line. They'll get after it, but Rodgers will spread it to Richard Rodgers, to Cobb, to Devontae, to Ty Montgomery. But Cobb gets you about seven receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns, and Green Bay puts up a, a, a simple 31, and they wind up winning 31 to 20. Cover the spread, and they take care of the Rams. Randall Cobb is my fantasy stidud, stidud, stidud. So not too many other great games in the afternoon. We just got a little bit of college. So 
I say this, obviously we, we, we got the Sunday night game, but I got to ask you before we even go there, we have some time. What do you think about the poor, unfortunate 0-4 Detroit Lions hosting the Arizona Cardinals? Is there any shot that Megatron shows up and the Lions can pull an upset over the Arizona Cardinals? Is this their time? I believe it is. Mm. They are a team on the verge of winning. They're not that bad. They're 0-4, but they really could have won that game against a tough, tough Seattle team. You know, if that call – by the way, can we talk about this? We have a couple minutes. Yeah. First of all, they blew the call. It happens. It's frustrating. But even before that, can I say that I hate this call, and I've said this for years, so it's not just recent – if I'm an offensive player and I have the ball at the one-yard line and somebody punches it out of my arm and it goes in and out of the end zone, why does the other team get the ball on the 20? Why is it a touchback? And the other team didn't gain possession of the ball. So I don't understand why. That is punishing the offense way too much. I think it's a stupid rule, frankly. I mean, yeah. you should get the ball where you fumbled it. They punched it out of your you, – you, you had it at the one. They punched it out of your hand, and it goes through the end zone. Why should you lose possession of the ball? I just don't get it. Yeah, it's if because it's, it's, it's sort of like saying it should be out of bounds. It just went out of bounds straight instead of left or right. And I think they're trying to say is that because it went out of bounds in your own defensive – or no, in the offensive, I guess, direction you were going, the other team gets the ball. It's too much. It, it, it favors the defense too much. Now, if you wanted to say, yeah, you get it back, but you have to go five yards back, I'd be that. That's enough punishment, but not to go to, to lose the ball. Yeah, I mean, I understand possession. that the other team didn't get possession of the ball. They just no, punched it out of your hand. Totally agree. I totally agree. I think they've they've got to look at that. I don't think they'll ever change that aspect of it, unfortunately, but they're going to figure out a way to make it just reviewable. I don't like when Dean Plandino, though, tries to, oh, the ref, it's uh, subjective. And, you know, come on, just say he blew the call. That's all. You know, and and looking right at it, though, that's the thing. I mean, get, get it right before everybody leaves the field. If you have to replay the play, replay the play, something. You can't just, you know, have teams' jobs are, are won and lost each week. The NFL only 16 games is too important. So what's your score? You got the Lions, and who's your, uh, who's your guy? I got the Lions, and I think uh, Amir Abdullah is the stud. I think he catches five or six balls out of the backfield, rushes for 70, 80 yards. Calvin Johnson wakes up. Matthew Stafford wakes up. I think the the – Detroit Lions at home put up some points, too. I got them winning 27-20. Wow, you're a believer. Um, this one's interesting. I, I feel you. I smell you. But I just think that Carson Palmer and the defense and the three-headed monster running game, I think they're going to find a way – to sort of restore the excellent season that they want and get a scrappy win on the road and prove that they're that type of team. I think they wind up winning a a close battle 2017. 
And I actually think the fantasy stud of the game is going to wind up being the, the defense. So I think Arizona's defense scores the touchdown. They might get a pick or two and a fumble. And that will be the fantasy stud. So 20 to 17, the Cardinals hold on to a, a close game. And I feel bad for the Lions 0 and 5 because they should be 1 and 4 beating Seattle. So Sunday night football, not a great game. The Giants against the Niners, it's uh, not going to be that pretty. What do you got? Oh, you know, I want to be controversial here. No. Nope. I want. <laughs> What's that? I said, oh. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Well, first of all, first of all, you want a good game, right? Yes. It's and in New York. San, Fran- San Francisco. It's in New York. San Francisco looks so bad at times, and I, I feel like Kaepernick is a good player. I mean, I still think he's a top 10, top 15 talent, and he should be. And Carlos Hyde can play. And they have trouble at the wide receiver position. I don't know what happened to your boy Vernon Davis. They used to have a stud defense. But you know what? The Giants have a chance to really take control of the NFC East because the NFC East is there to be taken. But I started out by saying I'm going to be controversial, and everything tells me the Giants should win and win big. I think the Giants could win by 20. But I'm going to say, you know what? On Sunday night, the Niners are going to take some possessions away. Let's say it's a little windy. Maybe Eli throws an interception or two. A lot of things go right. I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers come in to MetLife Stadium and pull a rabbit out of the hat and win 20 to 19. A crazy close one. <laughs> Who's your fantasy stud, man? My fantasy stud in this game would have to be Carlos Hyde for just matriculating the ball down the field, 30 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown. You just made our boy Oren very happy. Don't know where he is, but if he's listening somewhere, he's definitely, definitely a happy man. I'll just say it real quick. It's uh, Eli, and it's 28-13. I think maybe Cap gets a touchdown, like kick a couple of field goals. Just uh, they're having trouble doing everything, even running the ball. Carlos Hyde has dropped off. Hopefully Reggie Bush can play. But I just think Beckham and Randall have a field day. Manning throws for four touchdowns. Um, you know, sorry they lost to Mercer Fells, uh, Daniel Fells, not Darren, who's on the Cardinals, but Daniel Fells. Uh, so he's out for the season. So it's all Larry Donnell. He'll he'll do a little something. But Eli, four touchdowns, about 290, and uh, he's the fantasy stud. So the Giants, 28-13. Yes, that's it, man, for the NFL. We got only we a couple. Got to close it up with Saturday. Only a couple of college games, but we got to talk about one last night. My guy takes a rough loss, Cody Kessler, number 17. And this might be it for the for the uh, USC, definitely for the Pac-12, and for any chance to be in the playoff. 17-12 at home, two bad losses in a row. USC has just – it's been, it's been a rough year, Ray. I don't know what's happened, but I feel bad for uh, Kessler and USC – and Sharkasian, they wanted to, you know, do something special this year, and I think that's gone now. 
Yeah, 156 and two interceptions probably cost him the Heisman, too. Because yeah, but he won't get invited to New York now. I, I doubt if he can make that up. Too many other yeah. guys are balling. And uh, kudos to Washington. Big win for them. So not too many games. So before we get to the Northwestern Michigan stud, uh, I got to ask you, can Texas and the Red River rivalry do anything against the number 10 Oklahoma Sooners in uh, a game that could save Charlie Strong's season and career. And if they lose, but I mean, if they get blown out again, like TCU blown out where it's three or 10 or zero points, could Charlie Strong get fired this weekend or this season because of this spanking from their rival, Oklahoma? It's possible. I don't think they will. I think Charlie Strong at least gets the coach the rest of the season. He may, depending on how well they do in the second half, at least effort-wise, he may get a chance to bring in another recruiting class. But Charlie Strong is definitely on – but he's definitely on the hot seat. I mean, they don't like losing. They have the, oh, the, the boosters didn't horn. want him from the jump, Ray. So let's be honest. They didn't want him from right. the jump. Right, and they have the Longhorn Network. So there's a lot of money there and, and, and money talks. So you need to start winning some games, Charlie, if you're going to keep your job in Texas, right, wrong, or indifferent. Right, but it was empty. It was very um, empty and soft players when he got there. So he's trying to change, you know, the whole atmosphere of the place. And that that makes it hard. And then when you got your own freshman retweeting on the sideline about transferring, that's ugly. So yeah, it's a mess. Not a good I think Oklahoma wins, but I think Texas plays this week. I think they play. It's a rivalry game. I'll say uh, thirty to twenty-four. Oklahoma wins. I agree. I think it may be a little little bigger of a gap. I think maybe thirty-one twenty. Okay. So this is it right here, uh, 13 at 18. It's in the big house. Our Michigan Wolverines against a very solid Northwestern team. The Big Ten is sort of back in a way, having four solid teams and five in the top 25. Can Northwestern pull the, I guess, their favorite in a way, but then, they're, you know, they're at Michigan, so they're underdog in a way. So what do you got for this game? Yeah, you got to think that this 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 game makes Northwestern season. Yeah. And this game maybe uh, if Michigan goes to 4 and 2, this, this could kind of hurt Michigan on, on a national level. Uh, but you know, I, if this game were in Evanston, I mm. would be much more excited about it for the Northwestern Wildcats. I just think that Michigan even though Ruddick isn't playing great, um, they run the ball with Smith. They got that tight end. They can move the ball. They can impose their will. And I think that Northwestern can't do the same. You know what I mean? Northwestern is not going to be able to come out there. And, and if you know what I'm doing and I know what you're doing, Michigan wins that battle. You know what I mean? So I think in the fourth quarter, Michigan is ahead, and Michigan runs the ball, and Michigan runs out the clock. So I think it's it's actually going to be a pretty close game. I like Michigan uh, 24-20 at home. Close game. But you know what? I think they dominate. It's one of those where the score is a little deceptive. I, I think Michigan just, just dominates throughout the whole game. Well, this is the thing that I've noticed with Harbaugh. They're playing out of their minds. They're running the ball. 
He's doing some two, three tight ends like San Francisco, max protection. But Rudolph is playing within himself. He's calmed down on the turnover since the Utah game. And I think he's starting to play how Harbaugh wanted him to be initially. And I think that's enough against a very scrappy, uh, you know, Northwestern team. You're right. Going on the road, that I don't know if they're ready to win on the road in conference against legit teams. So I think that's what holds them back. So I'll say a close game, though, because it's going to be a little bit of a slugfest, but Rudolph won't make the mistakes. 27-23, Rudolph sort of, you know, drives, drives that ship. So, look, there's only one other ranked game. But before we get to Cal, Utah, this game is one of these games that was close to our heart growing up. It was always a battle. It's going to be still be a battle for recruiting. It's ABC. It's prime time. Can, by any chance, the Miami Hurricanes upset Florida State, a banged-up Golston, uh, number 12 in the country, can they sort of make their season and help with the recruiting and either have a, a very close game or even pull off the upset? What do you got for Miami, Florida State? It's possible, but the game's in Tallahassee, and I think that even a banged-up Golson with Cook and Wilson, they're just going to be too tough. I think that uh, Miami's scoring a lot this year, but I think Florida State's D is really good, and I think they'll be able to hold Miami in check, and ultimately Miami's going to have to pull some rabbits out of the hat and show Florida State some things they haven't seen on tape, and I don't know if they do that. So, I like Florida State actually pretty easily. I think they win something like 31-17. Yeah, I like Florida State all day. I think they – I don't think they can pull away, though. I don't don't love – I think defensively they can hold some things down. So, I'll say uh, 28-23 Florida State wins. But uh, I definitely could see Miami sort of uh, hanging around. And, you know, helping, maybe helping Al, Al Golden recruit a little bit, you know, a little something-something, which is what they need because it's hard, man. It's hard. You know, you got Texas is jumping into Florida and recruiting kids, Alabama, you know, Miami kids. They got a receiver they're looking at. He's gone to Bama twice. So it's hard. It's just hard. So the last game, this is uh, probably might wind up being the most fascinating game of the night just because of the potential pro prospects. Number 23, Cal, with Jared Goff, who we spoke of earlier in the show in our Fast and Focus segment, probably the number one quarterback, top five pick, against the Utes, number five, the highest they've been, I don't know, forever, if not ever, ever, ever. Probably the fifth. Keith Van Horn. (laughs) Yeah, no, right? But so they've got the the running back, Booker, so – what do you got for me in this game? Cal, can they pull the upset on the road, or is it just Utah defense and the running game too much? So Cal's been throwing up some pinball numbers. Jared Gossman throwing up some crazy numbers. But my fear, though, is Cal really hasn't played anybody. Washington yep. State, Washington, a terrible Texas team that they barely won, 45-44. Yep. San Diego State and Grambling. So they did put it on Grambling 73-14, to but think about who Utah's played. 
<laughs> they opened up beating Oregon, putting it on Oregon, I should say, 62-20. to 20. So they beat Oregon, Fresno, uh, you, your boy, yeah, USU, your boys at Utah State, Michigan, and then Colorado State. So I think Utah's better prepared. I think Utah's the better team. I think they have the better defense. I think both offenses are pretty potent. I just think Utah at home continues, and they find a way to, to, to turn golf over once or twice, and they win a pretty high-scoring game. I think they win 33-28. I got Utah over Cal. It's 30-24. to Goff does a little bit, but not enough. So before we wrap it up, and we wish everybody a great sports weekend, uh, let's update what's the Cardinals score over the Cubs. So it was on. one nothing in the sixth, and now let me see if there's any change there. Still one nothing. So we got uh, top of the eighth, one out, top of the eighth. St. Louis up one nothing on the Chicago Cubs. All right, and then I'll say this in closing, Ray. Leonard Fournette in LSU at South Carolina. Does he get over 200 yards in their big victory? I believe at South Carolina against the old game coach. Well, you know, it's funny because of the flooding. It's not funny, but that game is being played in Baton Rouge. So it's going to have a weird feel to it, right? They're going to fly everybody. See, and I don't think they should have gone there. They could have found the Panther Stadium somewhere else. I I don't like that. Yeah, you lose a home game. It's it's a big deal. Uh, But I don't think that Leonard Fournette's going to go for 200 again for the fourth time. I think he'll go for 120, 130. But not for two hundred. I say yes, two hundred. Really? Like give Everybody, him the Heisman right now. Just give him the Heisman. Yes. Fly him in New York midweek. Fly him on Thursday to New York. Give him the Heisman. Two oh six, two touchdowns, and he doesn't even play the whole fourth quarter. They they might put up a, like a thirty thirty eight seventeen on South Carolina. It could get ugly, right? So listen, this is all about the baseball playoffs. Enjoy Saturday. If you got to go out, you, you know, you do it a little bit on Saturday. For the baseball fans, you have Fox Sports 1, MLB Network, and TBS. And maybe on the weekend, some of the games might be on a regular Fox. So check your local listings. Enjoy the baseball playoffs. Mets, Dodgers coming up tonight. Cardinals, Cubs are scrapping on TBS now. And um, fantasy football and football this weekend. Have fun. And, uh, We'll see you on Monday. Oh, by the way, Tay, uh, Ray might be going to that game on Monday, game three, Mets and Dodgers. Uh-oh, is Ray going to be in the building? Might have to be in the building. Wow, I like that for Harvey. Okay, we'll see, yeah. we'll see if Ray, Ray uh, gets a Batman uh, Harvey jersey. We'll see how that rocks out. <laughs> Halloween, you know, I'm going to be Matt Harvey for Halloween. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. So great right, have show. a great sports weekend. Definitely, definitely. Thanks for listening. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.